I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, who are starting to become seriously concerned about whether the Stanley Cup can and will survive Alex Ovechkin. I mean, look, so many things happen in our lifetimes that I, there's not too many things I really want to see happen, but now that it's been mentioned and it's, it's, it's been brought to our attention, I want to see, we got to get a space force now. Like, I don't know how. Are you saying, that, are you saying that you and me have to get into space force? Cause I'm in. Yeah. I think I'm down for it. I just, I really just love that the. First of all, I don't think anybody likes this idea, so it's not really like a, not really like a political stance. But I just enjoy that you you just definitely know that Trump was just like sitting there on the weekend, in his jammies, like two o'clock on a Saturday when he should have been doing something else, and he was just watching, fucking Alien vs Predator, like Men in Black, and he was like, oh no no no, this is this isn't happening on my, not on my soil. We're not happening. It's not happening here. Space Out of my watch. Yeah. Space Force. Space Force, Space Fall. Block it all out. We'll be safe. It's like the men in black, but they help illegals out a lot less. <laughs> men in black helping too many illegals. Yeah, he's trying to end all aliens entering the country. All aliens, just of any kind. Maybe maybe you watched Starship Troopers and didn't get the ironic part of it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that could have been it. it it's That sounds accurate. But, you know, I think you and I, we have to get a whole Top Gun thing going Yeah, with uh, with Space Force. But who's Maverick and who's Goose? Um, I'm taller than you, correct? How Wait, tall are you, Craig? I'm six foot four? Then yes. you. Are you right. Wait, are you really? Six foot three? I'm tall. I don't know. All right, well, here's, all right, you're, the, you're the taller one. Then. Here's what here's what's happened to me every single time I've gone to the doctor since I've been, like, 15. We've met literally just once, so I, I have no real <laughs> perspective for this. I, I Every time I go to the doctor, they let me get on the scale, and then they try and do, like, the height thing, where, like, they pull out the stick and, like, put it, or the roller and put it above your head and everything. And they're just like, uh, how tall were you last time? And I'll, like, say a height, and they're like, all right, I'm putting that down. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's yeah, good enough. So I am, uh, I personally live I'm anywhere from six foot two to six foot five, depending on everybody's own personal interpretation of height. So whatever you guys believe height to be, that's what that's how tall I am. Uh, You're taller than me. So yeah. That's, so that answer que- or that question. Yeah. Answered. So I just have to. Uh, I'll die first. You'll cry, and I don't know. I have to learn how to play piano, right? That's the other. Thing. Sure. Yeah. 
Uh, we're not doing shirtless pe- uh, beach volleyball. I'll tell you that right now. Nobody needs to see <laughs> that from us. Absolutely I'll, no. I'll one. do fully clothed beach volleyball, like maybe with a poncho or something on too. But like, uh, very unathletic, fully. Yeah. Actually, if we could avoid everything on the beach, that would be great because I, your boy's pale, and I believe you are pale as well. So I could, I don't need. Uh, I'm a little pale. I burn easy. I'm not necessarily pale, but I, I, I say, burn fairly easy. Yeah, I want to say I'm. I'm getting pretty close against skin cancer. Let's just get out there in front of it. I'm pretty close. Like I get sunburn. I get sunburned in the in the most hilarious way sometimes. I get sunburned in March. Like, I don't mean just... to brag, but melanoma is my middle name. <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> if, I, if I could just humbly state that I am clearly on a path for getting skin cancer. So that's we, we just don't need to... one of my friends texted me today and like, You wanna to go to the beach this weekend? I'm like, You know me, right? Like we've been hanging out, we've hung out before. Because I'd never want to do that. I've never been <laughs> I've never been bored at home on a summer day and like god let's just let's just drive out to the beach and just lay out in the sun i'm more of the let's get into the basement and get as far away from the sun as possible because i don't i don't need any more sunlight in my life vampire style yeah vampire style pretty much i enjoy the sun i'll I'll sit out in the shade i'm not gonna go out and so like just you know uh sunscreen does not work that's my uh that's what my that's it just doesn't work. Yeah, it just doesn't work. You put it on, it'll work for like 20 minutes. You still end up getting sunburned at some point. So that's, uh, that's what we got going on. Yeah, so Space Force, I'll definitely, I'll do it. I mean, I'm down. Who cares anymore? <laughs> Why not, right? Yeah, so uh, I, I just want to see what it's I, I, like. How would that, you may as well just take guys from like the Army or like the Navy and just be like, hey, you like doing this, right? You want to do this in the sky or space, really? What's the... Uh, you want to do this amongst the stars? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just guys in the Air Force. We're like, hey, why don't you go just a little bit higher? And then we're good. I mean, the, the whole great thing about Space Force is that there's not really a need for a force in space, considering uh, we're barely going there these days. And uh, we're actually pretty cooperative with the other nations when they go up there. Yeah. But details. Yeah, de- yeah I mean, it's whatever, you know. If you make arguments for why they shouldn't have a Space Force, that doesn't make sense for why you should have a Space Force, if you know what I mean. Like, we we, we should just do it now. We don't need logistics. We don't need a logical path for why we should do it. We just need a, just need a Space Force, baby. That's, that's America 2018. Yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs> no, I'm in. I'm in. Let's just... <laughs> Tell me where to sign up. Let's go do it. It it's a living. Maybe maybe for the space force they'll bring back the draft. And speaking of the draft, whoa, buddy, two hands, whoa. free throw line, and one. I'm taking it. Whoa, City. <laughs> that was wow, wow, oh wow. Yeah, that was a Marley and me ask. Oh wow, right there, because that was a one hell of a segue. Wow. I'm watching Sports Center and they're just showing Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom in a suit and tie just jumping over the cup. Now, very quickly before we get into the, the nitty gritty with the upcoming draft stuff, I, like, can we just mention how ham Ovechkin has gone with the cup in a way that I've probably never seen a guy go? Yeah. Like, at least not since camera phones were a thing or cameras in general, because yeah. I'm sure the 70s flyers, the Broad Street bullies, went completely insane and did unspeakable things with the cup, but Ovechkin 
the dude's doing keg stands. Yeah. The guy's uh, doing half-naked fountain and snow angels. He's, <laughs> he's taking the cup everywhere. He's drinking everything he can out of it. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, no, it's pretty awesome. I do want to say, yeah, I was definitely kicking and screaming throughout, throughout the playoffs, but I'm pretty happy they won now because uh, Ovechkin happy, it's one of those things where it's very genuine. Like, it's not a fake thing that he's trying to sell. Like, he is actually pumped. It's not like... It's not like Ray Lewis talking about God or like Tom Brady talking about his teammates. It's like you can tell he actually Sidney Crosby pretending to have emotions. Yeah, yeah. You can actually tell that he cares a lot and it was a lot of fun to see him lose it. Phil it's Kessel been fun. pretending to not love hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phil Kessel pretending he doesn't want to be at a hot dog stand rather than in the Stanley Cup final. So oh, it's been I, nice I, seeing I could uh, be scoring goals or I could be eating hot dogs. It's no brainer. <laughs> Yeah, there's no choice to me. I'd uh, love to see Phil get a second career as a professional eater. Actually, speaking of Phil real quick, he's a... Uh, I, I think there's still an opportunity he might be traded. He did say this week that he's open to the idea of being traded. So, And not only did he say he's open to the idea of being traded, but he said he's open to being traded to Arizona, which really means that Phil doesn't give a shit. Oh, man. Yeah. They might have... Maybe they have, like, America's Best Hot Dogs there or something. And it's, just, you know, it's probably for his allergies. It. It's very dry. You know, it's, it's nice. <laughs> you know what it probably is? Absolutely no media that gives a shit about hockey in Arizona. Oh, yeah. So he can just go and chill and be like, yep. And then he can like fake an injury when he's got to go back to Pittsburgh or Toronto. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He probably he probably wants to go down there because there would be no pressure at all. And he would just... Uh... Yeah, he'd probably just dominate with uh, Alex Galchenyuk now. Who, uh, you know, it's it's funny that, you know, I've been fired from jobs before, and uh, I say that because Mark Vergevin still has his job, which is at this point, it, it's pretty funny because he's had, man, this is the third year in a row he's made a one for one trade. Uh, it's the second time it's clearly been a loss from like the second the deal was made. And the third one, or like the one where you could have argued at the time wasn't that bad when it happened, the Jonathan Drouin trade, uh, doesn't doesn't look too hot right now. Because uh, Mikhail Cherkachev is a, kind of a monster. So Yeah, no, that, they all look bad. Yeah, They, they all look real bad. And Keeps it doesn't matter it. how much of a Shea Weber defender you might be. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on, dude. And it, it just looks terrible. And then this one, it was mere seconds before everybody was like, Burge Van, what is this? Yeah, like they, everybody was just like, oh, so, all right, well, there's got to be other things involved in the trade. And then, nope, just, uh, just one for one. That's it. I think the big thing, too, now is they're going to take, uh, with the third pick in the draft, they're going to take a Kak and Niemi instead of like Quinn Hughes or Philip Zadina, which is kind of a, it's definitely filling a organizational need, but it's a thing that um, would be kind of a stretch to take him. That, like he was, I think he was always expected to go pretty high, like definitely the top half of the first round, not, not third overall, I think. Like maybe seventh or eighth, but like third overall is it's pretty high. But uh I I guess they're gonna do it. I just love that I, I don't they like the Canadians as an organization apparently just can't figure out centers. Like they 
They brought in Drew in to play him at center. They got rid of Galchenyuk because he couldn't figure it out at center, apparently. Just their whole how they've managed forwards at the center position just doesn't work anyway. They cut it. And, uh, well, they're going to give Bergevin another five or six years. He'll figure it out. He's got to hit on one of these trades, right? Oh, you know, you'd think. Yeah, yeah you'd think, but eh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? You'd think. Uh, yeah, the, the Cavs, though, I'm pretty happy. They. Uh, what was it? You were talking about them going ham. I was thinking about this, too. They are the first... They're like the first first timers, I guess, since the 2012 Kings. Like everybody else is, everybody else since 2013 has been a team that's won the cup in recent history. So like, guys didn't lose their shit. And if you remember the, I remember 2011, all the crazy shit with like Brad Marchand and all those parties that they had with like the the pictures of like him at the bar just making out with random people and being super hammered. And that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty much what. Vetchkin's doing now, so I think the guy like the Blackhawks had won a won it before, so 2013, 2015, they probably didn't go nuts. 2014 Kings, they already did it two years earlier, and then um 16, 17 Penguins. I mean, they're big personalities on the team. Already won back in 2009, so it's a this was the first time in a while that a team that had a lot of guys that had not won. I think Brooks Orpik was the only guy that had one before on the team. So just to have 20 guys that have never won before out in Vegas just going nuts, uh, it's pretty awesome to say. Also, Oshie, TJ Oshie, I became a big fan of TJ Oshie after this run. His whole speech about his dad was just too much. Like, it just... Oh, yeah, tearjerker. Yeah, hit you right in the feels. And then also just he's had some obnoxious... Uh, so obnoxious celebrating too. Did you see him uh, double fisting or uh, chugging two beers at once? I don't. I, I don't think I saw that one, but I did see right after you know during the caps like speeches and presentations through the jersey. Which yeah. can you tell me what the point of that one was? To prove that he can do it. I don't know. I who knows. <laughs> I, I really don't know. But Fair enough. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, whatever. They're having fun. I mean, that's fine. I we always or I always bitch about players not having enough personality and everything, and I mean, pretty much Ovechkin's been putting that on the display for the last two weeks now, which is uh, just pretty nice. I mean, this is I think this is the only time I think I'm going to be all right with the Cavs winning it now. I just wanted to see if Ovechkin get one because it would have been and never ever again. Yeah, hopefully not. It would have been obnoxious if he won his entire career without getting a cup. So now that it's done. Also, we need to talk about how my uh, my dream team of the Arizona Coyotes acquiring cup-hungry stars like Ovechkin and Lundqvist is now shot. And now they'll need to take... Now the crease will have to be Lundqvist and Luongo. And uh, I guess Joe Thornton will have to be the top-line center. They'll have to spend the money there instead of on Ovechkin. But it doesn't have the, doesn't have the same feel as having Ovechkin. Well, they're going to get Kessel. They're going to get Kessel. Oh, right? yeah, that's right, Kessel. Yeah, but he's not... He's already won a couple times. He's not going to be too. He's not going to be desperate to win out in the desert. That's fair. Yeah, man. I can't, I didn't, that's that's the whole reason he wants to go out there. I can't believe I didn't see that. that. Super team would completely ruin his entire vibe. It would just be, <laughs> just be media attention left and right, and Phil just. I came here to just play a little hockey, <laughs> and get away. Yeah, I can't. I didn't see the uh, Coyotes rumors, but that's pretty funny. Yeah, that sounds. 
That sounds exactly like something Phil Kessel would want to happen. So, what? Oh, what about uh, so Barry Trotz? I can't think of a, another time that that's happened where a team... no, it's a, it's a stunning move. I've never seen this happen. Yeah, team won the cup, and then he, I think Mike Mike Keenan quit in '94. But this was more uh, just nobody like the the Caps just didn't want to pay him. It sounds like. Or like it sounds like the contract they had in place was adequate at the time they made the deal, but because of the big contracts for coaches that have happened uh, since that contract was put in place, the Caps decided not to kind of re-up the value. So then Trotz was like, "Well, if I don't get more money, I'm going to walk." And then they were like, "All right." He's like, "I'm going. I'm going to do it." <laughs> the Caps were like, "All right, we'll see you." And then he yeah. he just left. The cows are like, oh yeah, he's not gonna do it, right? He definitely won't. <laughs> and uh, turns out, turns out he did. Apparently, he was also spotted at the Newark airport and has been in contact with Lou Lamorello because the only opening is the Islanders. And if hey, if you're gonna go from the Cup winning team, you may as well go to a team that can't make the playoffs with John Tavares and could be losing John Tavares. Because why not? <laughs> you know, it's not a bad call. Uh, my other takeaway from the the, the Caps winning was it's, uh, it's a good thing they don't have Carl Osner anymore because he was bad. And oh yeah, he's on the Canadians now too. I forgot about that. <laughs> another uh, splendid signing by Mark Bergevin to take that dead weight off their team. I guess that probably explains why they couldn't win a lot in the postseason before because they were trying to win with Brooks Orpik and Carl Osner. That's a it's uh, pretty tall order. So you take away Carl take away Carl Osner and you have Brooks Orpik scoring goals. You're going to be uh, I guess you're going to be winning a cup here. But. That's really, it's a tried and true formula there. That's guaranteed to work. <laughs> yeah, Cook. He's pretty yeah, bad. Yeah. So, do you think Trotz actually ends up going to the Islanders? Obviously, there's a shot. He could I always go he's... back to Washington if they paid him, but like. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he could do that now because he resigned. So, it would be kind of weird. Like, I don't think you could do that just because of. I guess like pride. <laughs> well, no, it was, it, it's, oh yeah, I guess pride would keep you, but I think he's more just about like, you know, it's the old fuck you pay me. Yeah. I mean, I, it would make, I, I just, I didn't think he was going to even leave the possibility for him to leave. Like, yeah, I, I thought they were just going to give him money and that, that was going to be that. And why wouldn't you give him money? Is I don't what, know. I don't like, understand. I don't, yeah, like they, it doesn't go against the cap. Yeah, like they, he just won you the first cup in franchise history. Just pay him money. Just pay him money. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Now, apparently they can, had. Can uh, you imagine if the Eagles, after winning the Super Bowl, like Peterson went up to them and said, Doug Peterson goes up to the Eagles, goes up to Jeff Lurie and says, Hey guys, I just won you the first championship in Philadelphia since before there was a Super Bowl. Could I get a raise? And Jeff Lurie's like, nah. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, you know, it, it was a cute run, but no, you're not getting any more money. Well, I apparently they had set in place that Todd Reardon was going to be their replacement for a while. And I guess they're just going to follow through on that, regardless of what happened this year. Which, uh, I mean, I don't know. But I think Trout was asking five years, five million each year. Which is, that's a lot to ask for, I guess. But at the same time, I feel I like it's one guess, of those things. But I feel like, like it's one of those things you just kind of have to like, I don't know. He did just win the cup. Kind of, 
But you're spending how much on, you know, shitty players to start with? That's what yeah. gets me. Like, you're willing to spend five mil a year on just a, a shitty, like, yeah, on Brooks Orpic. <laughs> yeah, on Brooks Orpic. That's, I was looking for an example, and you just nailed it. Yeah. yeah. But you won't pay it to one of the best coaches in the league? I don't get it. No either. I was going to say, I guess you don't want Barry Trotz locked up for, like, five years is the end of Ovechkin's prime. I guess. So if you don't think it's going to be working out, but I guess get rid of him. But at the same time, it did work out. And I, I don't know why it wouldn't work out next year, per se. Unless they lose. I think they lose Carlson. I think some team's going to throw an obnoxious amount of money at him. Oh, no doubt. For being a right-handed well, especially... shot quarterback on the power play, put up a ton of points, decent underlying numbers. They're, like Somebody's just going to throw something that he just doesn't I don't want to say doesn't deserve, but like something obnoxious, like some bad sure. team is going to pay him. Like well, I could also see Vegas doing it if they miss out on uh, Eric yeah. Carlson, because the the rumors are all going back to Eric Carlson uh, being in play again, and Vegas the number one contender for him. Oh man, speaking of Eric Carlson, we should uh, touch on that nonsense real quick with the uh, with Mike Hoffman and Mike Hoffman's. Girlfriend, fiance, wife—I don't know. Uh, significant other, uh, apparently. Just I think it was girl. I don't know. I don't know. A significant other harassing Eric Carlson's wife. Straight up cyber bully action. Yeah, and it's just so incredibly screwed up because oh, yeah. it just the accusation is that they were they were mocking them over uh, losing their son. Losing their son, yeah. which is just... Which is terrible. And it's a thing, too, where it, it kind of has the feel of the Colangelo situation where it, it's kind of obvious they did it, but they can't... I guess they don't have really definitive proof yet, but all this, all the signs are pointing towards the fact that she actually did do all these things. And it just... Like, the Senators... If, being a Senators fan right now has to be the worst thing in sports. <laughs> like out of all this it's really movie, bad i think it has to be the worst because all this nonsense you had all this stuff with melanick being like just randomly being like oh, i'm gonna move the team if we don't team if we don't get support after one of their fans gave him a liver or whatever organ he needed to live and then they had uh the deshane trade was terrible and they're gonna suck this year and they don't know if they like they have the the senators had the fourth overall pick this year they have to give the Avs either this year's pick or next year's pick, and there is serious deliberation as to whether or not their pick is going to be better, like worse next year, like or better. I mean, like if they're going to have a top three pick next year, like there's a legitimate chance they're just going to suck even more next year. And if you don't give them this one, and you go through next year being the worst team and get the first overall pick, and you have to hand it over, that's got to be the worst feeling in the world because you get no reward. You get no reward for watching one of the worst teams in the league. Like that's you get nothing. That, Good day, that 2014, sir. <laughs> that 2014-15 season for the Flyers wasn't like that terrible on the grand scheme of like seasons, but at the same time, it was painful to watch, and it was a lot easier knowing that you're going to get a top ten pick out of it. Like we we've seen this happen. We've seen this happen. The mid aughts flyers or whatever you call it and 
should have gotten Patrick Kane. Ended up uh, with JVR. Yeah, and personal personal issues with Patrick Kane aside, that's just it's so colossally disappointing. Yeah, uh, as a hockey fan to end up on that side of it. Like JVR was an okay player, but Patrick Kane was Patrick a, Kane. a franchise altering player. Yeah, Blackhawks. Yeah, I always wonder what that timeline would have been with Patrick Kane. I think we've talked about that on here before too, but. I have a bad feeling that if the Flyers had Patrick Kane, he would have been traded. <laughs> he would have gone the way of Mike Richards or Jeff Carter. Just uh, whenever I feel like during that summer when they traded everybody, they like the thing Patrick Kane would have been one of those guys too. Right, but that's but that's, that's, that's saying they wouldn't have won a cup having yeah. Kane and that whole group, which you know. Very real possibility. Yeah, no, that's true. But we'll we'll never know because we, we don't will have access to alternate timelines. Never know. So yeah, that's why it's kind of weird. Don't know what Bear Trots are going to do now. Uh, I would just retire, in my personal opinion. I mean, you. Why would you retire though when you could get paid five mil a year? That is true. I mean, I I think the only option right now is the unless unless somebody's going to fire their coach within the next couple of weeks and then hire him immediately. Like unless they pull. Axel. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, you know, the Flyers aren't going to do it. And who else is really on the verge of just firing their coach immediately? Well, you know, Diamond Dave Haxtall just got uh, he got two third place votes for Coach of the Year. That is, yeah, you told me that. That is astounding. Uh, so it's got Carcitti's definitely one, right? Yeah, Carcitti's got to be one. Uh, I don't know. I, I have John no Bork? idea. Maybe does John Bork did John Bork get a vote though? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea who else would have. <laughs> like, who looked at the Flyers from the outside and saw Yuri Letera getting a ton of minutes and Sandheim getting scratched, and they were like, "That guy's got it figured out. <laughs> He's the and third I, best coach it, in the league." It would also be amazing if that same individual went ahead and didn't vote for Claude Drew for Hart. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, Claude Drew finished fourth, right? Uh, we'll have to but check, he, but I believe that was the case. If, they, if you're uh, voting, I for still Haxel, can't believe Kopitar was a top three over. Okay, yeah. If you're voting for Haxall being the third best coach, yeah, you probably didn't vote for Drew to be even in the top three for Hart because you're that type of person that watches the game. Yeah, Drew was fourth. He got a. Uh, it was close with Kopitar for third. Uh, Drew got 546 points. Kopitar got 551. Oh, man, that's annoying. Yeah. But Paul uh, McKinnon blew away either Kopitar yeah. or Drew vote-wise. Yeah. I mean, they, as they should have, I guess. I, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm still not convinced. I'm still a little pissy about it. Claude Drew had the second most points in the league on a team that actually made the playoffs. And Taylor Hall can go kick rocks. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's a sound argument that I agree with. I agree. The uh, the Selke, speaking of Kopitar, taking uh, taking away the title from our beautiful toothless man, Sean Couturier. Uh, I feel I feel like this was just a. I still feel like it's just a name. The trophy was attained to the biggest name in the uh, uh, out of the three. Although actually, that's not true. They just didn't want to give it to Katoria in his first year being nominated, I guess. Because I think he definitely had the best numbers. If you just looked at the num any type of number, whether it was 
goals, points, course of four percentage, anything you wanted. Couturier led the way, I believe. Yeah. And so the thing with that vote uh, is that Kopitar had 70 first place votes and Couturier had 37 first place votes. So clearly, like pretty much everybody who voted for Kopitar either went with Couturier or Bergeron second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and you were saying before the before we started recording that. It is, I guess it is kind of vague that Katori beat out Bergeron this year, even though Bergeron did miss a ton of time. But just to uh, just people recognizing the season that Katori had, because he had, I mean, well, and recognizing it beyond just the the increased offensive output, because that was amazing. But the fact that he was still getting it done defensively, yeah, to he was the still extent doing he was, and facing the hardest competition in the NHL, you know. Uh, and he's playing a ton of minutes every night, like even more than he played in previous years. Like Katoria was just constantly on the ice being the dude in every situation. Yeah. I mean, that only gets better for, I mean, it sucks. He didn't win, but he's probably going to get one coming up here in the next couple of years. And that's just a good thing for the flyers who signed him for the Hexel signed him for Paul's chief. I forget what the exact, uh, calf hit. I shall, I shall look it up. Yeah. But... It's, yeah, no, that's that's Hexy's best, best deal. That's an amazing deal. Yeah, hit that deal and the Gosford deal are going to be really going to be really nice to see in a couple of years. Uh, and I know, <laughs> I know everybody's on edge right now because they're not trading for Hoffman or Pacioretty or Domi or anybody. But it's uh, they. I think the payoff's going to come sooner or later. Unfortunately, it may not be the immediate future, but who knows? I mean, maybe. I mean, the big rumor now that came out this week from a reliable source in Michael Russo is the fact that uh, apparently the Flyers are seriously contemplating trading uh, Wayne Simmons. So before I get into Wayne Simmons real quick, Sean Couturier has four years remaining at 4.33 mil a year cap hits. So that's that's pretty phenomenal, especially yeah. considering he's 25 right now. So that's like... That's his prime years right there. Yeah, twenty on a cheap ass deal. Twenty-five year old, uh, maybe the best two-way forward in the league. Who just scored thirty? How many goals did he have? He had a pretty good amount of goals, over thirty, and uh, playing very difficult minutes. So he's going to be. I mean, that deal is pretty ridiculous, but uh, 31, 31 goals. Thirty-one goals. Yeah. 31 goals, but uh, yeah. And he slowed so, down towards the end of the year, too. That was the thing. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. He had an amazing, amazing first half. Yeah. But uh, mo- moving on to the Wayne Train, as you're about to do. The Wayne Train. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's looking like Wayne Train's days uh, in the Flyers uniform may be numbered. Obviously, nothing is guaranteed yet. We're just looking at rumors. But uh, it's been something we've been talking about for the past year or so where yeah. Simmons is coming up on his UFA period and we all love Wayne Simmons. He's yeah. one of, I think the fan base is just most beloved flyers of all time. He's just, he's the man. Yeah. He, I mean, he does, he all he does is score goals and punch people in the face. So it's kind of hard not to, not to like him a lot. What more could you ask? For yeah, seriously. Flyers, what could you, yeah, exactly. Um, and We've, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. I know BSH Radio has been talking about it for a while, but the idea of 
trading actually trading Simmons now before his next contract as being a logical choice. And it, uh, this is from Michael Russo of The Athletic. Uh, he says, multiple sources tell me the Flyers are gearing to potentially trade Wayne Simmons. It's a year for, he's a year from free agency, coming off a 24-goal injury-hindered season. He scored 120 goals the four seasons before that. He's a big, tough guy, um, and he's a leader. So, And the thing, Russo is reliable. The only thing I guess I'm kind of questioning about it is Hextall. Any moves that Hextall is contemplating or thinking about never really get leaked. So I, I'm i kind of curious as to, I don't want to say how legitimate this is, but how... You just don't know with Hextall. I don't know right, how right. I don't know how likely it is that Simmons is going to be traded at the draft. I mean, it would make sense, and it would suck, but it really does make sense to move Wayne Simmons this summer because he did go through the whole injury riddled season, and he still managed to put twenty four goals. But he still he still has the clout of being Wayne Simmons. So if you're able to, I don't want to say get out of it now, but if you're able to trade him away now and get a lot of value for him i think you'd have to do it because I, I have no idea what maybe he bounces back next season he has another 30 goal season but at the same time it's only getting older he's not going to change his playing style noel patrick was already taking minutes from him from him on the top power play unit and he hasn't exactly been a star at 505 i i don't know i i think i think the time might might be now to do it and uh, I know that I know the Wild are trying to trade people. They, there's been a lot of people in trade rumors with the Wild, so uh, I don't know. Oh, we're possibly moving up in the draft here. Could be a possibility, but I. Well, love the thing Simmons. is, there's a lot of moves that the Flyers could make here because yeah. the Flyers hold two first round picks uh, between you know mid first round picks, which is a pretty good spot to be in. Yeah, they could either move up with those picks. They could. Uh, work in a they, they could even work a blockbuster deal with a lot of the stuff they're working with because oh, yeah. they have prospects they have picks if Hexy wanted to reach out and get like a blockbuster player if he was willing to uh, pay that price he certainly could but uh yeah you know Simmons could be a moving part uh I don't know if Ryan O'Reilly would count as a blockbuster but I, I know his name's been floated a lot and he yeah. would kind of fulfill a flyer's need there he would and he had a down year too. Well, he had, yeah, kind of had a down here too. Big cap hit, though. Big cap hit, yeah. I think would be the big concern there. But, I I mean, it might be worth it. I mean, if you have uh, Couturier, Ryan O'Reilly, and Nolan Patrick down the middle, that's really not... Those really aren't a bad uh, top three C's right there. Uh, that's actually he, real nice. Yeah, and Scott, Scott Lawton is the fourth, fourth line center, too, as always. Yeah, he's but, terrible. Yeah, he's terrible. terrible yeah. I, I, I'll, that's what the commenters tell us. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, after you went on that whole tirade about how you should have been the one seed the whole year, that was, uh, I mean, that was pretty embarrassing for us. But after, besides that, I think he's fallen into his role as a fourth line center pretty well. So, do you think that guy still listens? We make fun of him no. every single episode now. I hope he, I hope he's. I, I hope yeah. so. I hope he's still listening. I, I love you so much. Oh no, I was gonna say I hope he picks up a new hobby i hope he's gotten really into like knitting or like i don't know like doing puzzles or something i hope he's done watching hockey but <laughs> anywho yeah the, uh, yeah ryan and raleigh could be a trade uh 
I wonder how much just trading Wayne Simmons could get you in terms of moving up in this draft. Uh, or just getting you another first in this draft. But I have a with this coming out, I just have a bad with the way a lot of Flyers Twitter is right now and how people are kind of reacting to Hexall's slow process. Man, if he if all he does this summer is just trade away Simmons for like picks and then signs Riley Nash to be the three C, people are gonna oh my god shit. This sounds Flyers like Twitter's gonna this sounds out. very likely. Yeah, like Flyers Twitter is just collectively going to start a petition to get Ron Hextall fired for the, the drafting and developing. I think is what's going to happen. I you know what it is, and I think yeah, I think it goes for. Like people like our age have never seen the Flyers retool or rebuild, so I think just the process of it all, and knowing that they don't really have a shot, they haven't had a really had a shot for the last couple of years. They're probably not going to have a shot this year. It's, the Flyers are usually let's sign everybody, let's yeah. get back in contention, let's trade for that guy, and that was the old Ed Snyder aggressiveness. This is a take we've never ever seen in Flyers history, and some people can't stand it because I I mean they like cannot. Yeah, the old way was every season you had a chance. The playoffs were ex- really exciting because you didn't know how far the team could go. You knew they were going to go out and sign big names in the summer. Now it's much more let's collect draft picks. Let's let them develop. Let's build that way. Let's build a lightning team that can actually show up in the postseason. And we'll, like, we'll go from there. And some people just don't, they don't have the patience for it, I guess. I don't know. And don't get me wrong. If this summer... Like I, I, I'm fine if Hextall has a kind of quiet summer. I, I would like to see him go nuts, you know, and go sign Tavares. But that sounds like it's definitely a reality equation. But I, if he just says, if he just makes some logical moves and re-signs somebody to fill the three C hole that doesn't cost a lot, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if he does, if he doesn't do anything and then he just re-signs Philipula, okay. Like you can, I can understand really being pissed then. That'll be fine by me. Uh, but like just, you know, maybe trading Simmons, maybe getting another key prospect uh, through that trade, and then maybe just signing like a defensive depth move. I think I'm fine with that. I don't know. Like I, I'm fine with another year of this. I guess. I really want them to go out and sign somebody, but I'm not going to flip. I'm not going to lose my shit if they don't. Because, because right. what did I don't know? What did that? All those all those seasons were fun and everything, but they never won. They never they never won at all. So I would like to see. Sure, sure. I like Look the, back over the last what forty years of Flyers history, yeah. and I'd like to I'd like to kind of change that approach and see if. Instead of always being a team that has a shot, a contender that has a shot, I'd rather go through a bunch of years of pain to kind of make it be so they're a top. They are the top contender each year, where they are the team that has to be beaten for a string of years here. We don't so. go for processes in Philadelphia. These things don't work out. Yeah, literally, no. you know, it's not for us. Somebody told me that the process didn't work for the Sixers couple weeks ago and i laughed because i mean <laughs> i'm not a big basketball guy but it worked right yeah no right okay right. all right i'm just making sure i was making sure when you, i was making sure when you go from when you go from what 10 wins in one season to 
competitive second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 I was I was making sure I wasn't like out of line when I was like kind of contesting. <laughs> when you go to go from ten wins to being one of the most uh, attractive suitors for one of the best players of all time, yeah, you know, it's kind of a success. Yeah. No oh, man, that'd be kind of nuts if he came here, but. Uh yeah, if, so like yeah, Simmons. It's just a weird. I can't remember the last guy that's been in this situation for the Flyers where, I'm pretty sure everybody loves him, but at the same time, everybody's aware that, just in terms of, uh, the best for the team's cap hit and everything and kind of future of the team, may not be the worst idea to trade him right now. It would suck, and it sucks that, being a Flyers fan, your favorite player always seems to get traded. But it would probably be the best thing to do this summer. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure there's a comparable, but I can't quite think of a really good one off the top of my head. I mean, you know, Brindamore never quite had the same situation, but I think people were pretty aware that Brindamore was probably going to get traded. Yeah. Um. I mean, the, I, the yeah, Richardson, I'm having a hard time really thinking of somebody. The Richardson Carter one weren't deals where. It wasn't like this team needs to be traded, or I mean, these guys need to be traded. So I think they actually had a tremendous regular season before yeah. those trades. And in fact, I don't think they've had a a regular season quite on par with that since then. Oh, oh yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Carter had a pretty good year last year, even if it, the numbers don't bear it out, I guess. But that was because the Kings could not score, and he was the only guy who could score on that team. So he was kind of carrying that team. Uh, but I mean, that was, I, you know, not going back and saying, like, oh, I should have kept, but look, frankly, you know, I've, I've, I've said my piece on these trades. I don't need to say any, right, right, right. but, uh, they're not, they weren't necessary trades oh, by God, any no. means. Not at all. Uh, whereas the, the Simmons trade, I wouldn't a hundred percent call it necessary, but the fact of the matter is Wayne Simmons is probably getting overpaid in his next contract. Yeah. He is. He's going to be 30, right? Or he is 30? He's going to be 30 in August, I believe. And it's just, when you play a tough physical game like that in the NHL, you're probably just going downhill from here once you hit yeah. 30. You can't, uh, in this league, in a, a league with a hard cap, you can't pay for past success. Uh, and you can't pay handsomely for past success. And I guess an example of that is when you look at, uh, I mean, you can look at the Blackhawks. Jonathan Taves, the Taves and Kane won the Hawks three cups and then they paid them because they won them three cups, which is absolutely. Yeah. If you pay, if you win me three cups, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but just looking at them as an example, Taves is nowhere near that value right now. And they have not won a playoff series in the last two years. And I don't know if they're going to do it this year either. And they have to kind of, they kind of have to hope for the, the Bruins approach of, the old aging guys with back or uh, unfavorable contracts are kind of carried by new prospects coming up, but I don't know. They're going to have to bring it. They're going to have Dylan Sakura uh, and then Nick Schmaltz. And then beyond that, I don't know if they really have too, too much help on the way immediately, but you don't want to, you don't want to do that, especially for, yeah, unfortunately Simmons hasn't been able to win the Flyers a cup, but you can't, you can't do that in this league. Because it always comes back to bite you. You kind of have to be proactive and avoid that big payday, especially if you know it's not going to be worth it in the end. 
which right. yeah so uh, it sucks but it kind of yeah if you're trying to be the smart play if you're trying to go for the smart play if you're trying to uh intelligently juggle the modern salary cap it's what you got to do you got to make these tough decisions yeah and yeah i mean i've been i think we've both been at peace with with it for a while like we've kind of been we kind of know it should be in the works here coming up so when they do it i think i'll be all right with it it'll suck but i'm just interested to see what the return is going to be if they do it i have i honestly have no idea what the return would be i'm so bad with that kind of thing uh but I, I don't know. Like I don't know if you just trade on the move up in the draft, like I was saying. Because uh, do you want to start talking about the draft now? We can talk a little bit about the draft. Let's talk about that draft. Let's talk about that draft, baby. Um, somebody I like who is going to be uh, taken before the Flyers are on the board, uh, but might be at there at eight with the Blackhawks would be uh, Oliver Waltram, who is a probably the best goal scorer in the draft he had 48 goals in 62 games this year for the us u18 national team and i keep seeing him projected to go around seventh to tenth and if he's there i wouldn't mind seeing simmons and maybe another piece traded to move up to eighth like if you gave him simmons in the 14th i guess because then you would alleviate that uh that cap situation and you would add a a big goal scorer to the the system, which is what the Flyers need in their prospect system right now. Uh, that is probably, that might be the only guy I really want to trade up for. That or I saw somebody, Philip Zadina is a guy who should be going third overall, but probably isn't because of the Canadians. And there are definitely other guys in the top five that are, like Brady Kachuk and Quinn Hughes are going to be guys that should be sure for our top five picks too. So there might, and it, it sounds definite that Kak and Niemi is going to go third to the Canadians. So if that happens and Zadina somehow falls to eighth or ninth, I think that'd be another situation where you would have to, you got to move up and take them because there's no way he should be falling out of the top 10. I don't think that would happen, but somebody did, throw that possibility out there, I guess, this week. A pretty reliable source on Twitter. And, I mean, if that's if that's going to happen, you, you got to move up and get them, in my opinion. But uh, for the – let's talk Let's talk about the picks the Flyers have. So right now they have the 14th, uh, which they got from St. Louis in the Shen deal, which uh, I was – I didn't know they actually got anything else besides the Oilers there in that deal. Uh, they had the 19th, the 50th, the 112th, the 127th pick, which they got from the Coyotes and the Nick Cousins deal. 143rd, 174th, 190th, who they got from the Canadians uh, when they swapped seventh-round picks last year. Uh, and the Canadians took Caden Primo to tie it all back to Rod the Bod. And then the Flyers also have the 205th pick. So in the first round, with two picks in the first round, the two names that are linked to them the most are, it seemed to be Joel Farabee and Vitaly Kravtsov, which is, those are the two guys the Flyers take in the first round. I think we as Flyers fans should be pretty happy. Why is that, because, Craig? Because Farabee can score goals. He's a great two-way player. He's got the high hockey, hockey IQ. He is a, be a Hextall pick, and he would probably be one of the best players available at 14 if he was to 
fall that far, I guess. And then Kravtsov, with the help of playing for the same uh, KHL team, he is a he is being compared to Evgeny Kuznetsov, and he is a bigger right winger. He can also score goals. He had four. He only had four goals and three assists for seven points in 35 games this year for Tractor Chelyabinsk in the KHL. But when you're a draft el- first year draft eligible player playing against grown men, uh, you usually don't post a lot of points. But with that, no. with yeah, surprisingly. But with that being said, he also had 11 points in 16 playoff games. So he is a. Uh, but he is a guy that. Size, speed, great shot, uh, and is very creative uh, in setting up his teammates to uh, for scoring chances. So he is a guy that I, I would be fine with at 14 or 19. I, I see him getting mocked a lot, too, I guess, towards the 19th pick. But if they take him at 14, I'm fine with that, too. Um, and just looking through, so we'll just go through some of the guys here. NHL.com, Adam Kimmelman has Farabee, and then Keandre Miller at 19. It was a left-hand defenseman out of Minnesota. He had uh, 29 points in 58 games for the U.S. Uh, U18 national team. And he's committed to the University of Wisconsin in 2018-19. Uh, he would be a fine pick, too. He's a mobile guy, pretty offensive. He's He would be a defenseman who would thrive in uh, the NHL now. Uh, Mike Morale had Farabee at 14, too. And then you also have Matias Samuelson. Uh, Joe Samuelson's kid, who is a gigantic, gigantic left-handed defenseman. He's six foot four, two hundred and sixteen pounds, thirty-one points, one hundred and thirteen penalty minutes in fifty-eight games for the U.S. U18 national team, and he's committed to Western Michigan University in 2018-19. So he'll probably uh, party up with Wade Allison in the near future. Uh, but he, I haven't read up much on Samuelson. I saw this. I think this is. I've only seen his name in passing. I haven't heard much about him, but it sounds like he's a big physical kind of uh, stay-at-home defenseman. But he did put up—I mean, he did put up points. So if he's able to do that, I mean, I wouldn't mind a physical edge to go along with that. Uh, and then Guillaume LePage of NHL.com and Craig Button picked the same two guys out for the Flyers, which I'm not—I'm uh, not the biggest fan of either. But Siren Noel at 14. Who is six foot five, two hundred nine pounds, and he's just uh, pretty much just a really physical player. And he had fifty three points in sixty two games for the Oshawa Generals. Dad played in the CFL. Uh, yeah, I mean he's fine, but I really don't want him at fourteen. What do you mean, Craig? Don't the Flyers love physical players? Isn't that what the, yeah. the club is known for? The organization. Yeah, yeah, man, that's definitely what the. Definitely what they're known for. Definitely what this team needs right now is just a big physical power forward in the first round that uh, didn't average a point per game in the OHL. So that's... uh, And this is what Ron Hextall is known for drafting, right? Yeah, this is exactly what he... He usually gets guys that aren't big risers and uh, not, you know, kind of stale offensive upside. He, he, I mean, the, 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 they, Ron's drafted exactly like one massive human I can think of, and that was more just based on the potential uh, tools that he could bring and the upside that he brought to the table. Yeah, and he was also able to score a crap ton of points on a, a shitty team, and he has leadership value and all that kind of stuff, and his, his skating is fine, but it, it seems to be a knock on Noel. It's just 
that's skating isn't exactly there. He's a really tough guy. I don't know. Like, just 14th overall. I really don't want him taking in the first round if the Flyers end up getting him. I mean, the the skating won't bother. That doesn't that doesn't look at, hurt the Flyers. Look at Matthew Strom. Yeah, Strom and Lindholmand. Yeah, that, that and there's a bunch what, of guys that I I would like what, them to take that. What Hextall tends to look for, though, he tends to look for for intelligent players, guys who are smart with the puck, yep. and look for guys with uh you know large upside. That I and I feel like Hextall really tends to go for guys that are kind of uh, a little more under the radar uh if you look at yeah. morgan frost last year for instance that's a great example under the radar and also guys that are big risers in the draft like sandheim and i believe i think ratcliffe wasn't a big riser i think morgan frost was a, a, a kind of a big riser though but uh that is um that seems to be uh hextall's mo and uh that that doesn't fit the mold of uh, noel here <laughs> so probably I think this. I think people still kind of think of the uh, the way the Flyers used to draft, or like who the the old Flyers used to be, I guess. And they think of they hear Noel, and they think of a big, tough, physical guy from the Asheville Generals, and they just kind of link him to the link him to the Flyers. Uh, and then at nineteen, they both had Bodie Wild, who is a uh, is a two way defenseman, six foot two, one hundred ninety six pounds. Also played for the U.S. U18 national team. Apparently, just anybody who's on the U.S. U18 uh, national team, the Flyers are going to take them in the first round. So just be prepared. Look at that roster, and they'll they'll take two of those guys. But he he's a guy that uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate at 19. I just feel like there might be some other guys who might prefer over him. And uh, I think, yeah, like. Looking at Corey Promen, who Corey Promen and Jeff Merrick have mocked to the Flyers, I'd, I'd rather go with those two. Promen has, Promen has uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, who we've been talking about, and then Martin Kaut, K-A-U-T, who had uh, 16 points in 38 games in the Czech Republic League, the Czech Tip Sport Extra Liga, and uh, he was a guy that about a month, month and a half ago, there was a report from the Czech press where he said he interviewed with 14 NHL teams and he said the best interviews went with the Rangers and the Flyers. So maybe I think Promen might be on to something. Maybe, maybe Martin called those come to the Flyers at 19. Maybe not, but I think 19 would be a good area for him. I, I don't think he would be worth a pick higher than that. Uh, and then Jeff Merrick has uh, Rasmus Kupari going 14th and Dominic Bach going 19th. Uh, Rasmus Kupari is a guy I've seen mocked to the Flyers a ton. And he would be he would be a pretty good pick too. I think I'll be fine with that pick. He had 14 points in 39 games for Carpat in the Liga, or Carpat. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Uh, and he'll be playing, returning to the Liga next season. Uh, his head coach says he's a mix of Jesse Pugliarvi and Sebastian Aho, which I mean, if you can get that mix, it sounds pretty good to me. And he is uh, a lot of offensive upside. And when you watch his highlights, it's a uh, seems to be a fair amount of him just rushing and then scoring goals so yeah I'll, i mean i'll take that uh and then dominic bach who is a german right winger uh he had he only had two points in 15 games in the shl this season but he had 41 points in 35 games in the uh, super elite league which is just below that for younger players he also had 11 points in eight playoff games in the super elite league and then uh he uh 
just really offensively creative too. A really good passer, and he has a uh, pretty ridiculous shot as well. So Dominic Bach is somebody who I, I don't think he gets talked about as much because he's German, but he he's a guy too. I'd be fine at 19. There aren't too many guys I'm going to be upset with at 14 or 19. I think just Noel kind of has that. I think I was trying to explain this to you earlier uh, before we recorded, but. And to on a far. Would you say that Ryan Reeves charm? Yeah, it, he kind of has that feel to him. I don't. He's well, not... that's a first rounder. Clearly, that's what Pittsburgh taught <laughs> but, us last year. But like, <laughs> big good point. Uh, like Ryan Reeves, I don't think had as much uh, hype coming out of junior. And I think I think Noel would be better than that. But it's just one of the, one of those things where it seems to be the first thing everybody talks about is his his size and his toughness, I guess, and. It kind of has like that Lawson Kraus to feel to him a little bit, a little bit. Where twenty fifteen Lawson Kraus, yeah, twenty fifteen Lawson Kraus was a guy that a lot of people talked about getting, and the Flyers drafting at seventh when there were a ton of better options available at seven, like Ivan Provorov, possibly Noah Hannafin, Zach Wierenski, uh, just guys in that general area that you know. Maybe a fine pick, but there are so many better options than a guy that is just regarded as being uh, big. And that kind of, it's the kind of the same thing here, but the Flyers have, you know, less noteworthy picks, I guess, being 14 and 19. And it's not that big of a jump between Noel and the other guys around them. It just kind of feels that I'd rather go with a guy like Krasov or Kupari who have the offensive upside and have shown up playing against men rather than a guy that has the size playing in the OHL still. So men. The, men playing against men, but it's, men. I mean, playing against men is a pretty a dumb thing to hear, but it is pretty important in terms of evaluating guys that you'd like to take. So that's why guys like Kraftsoff and Kapari and, uh, and caught probably have more value than I guess Joel Farabee, but Joel Farabee, I, I would really, I would really like Joel Farabee. Um, I like Oliver Wallstrom. But I, there's no way the Flyers get him unless they make that trade up, and maybe, maybe he falls to tenth or eleventh, and they're able to move up. But I, that that that's why having two picks in this, having two picks in the first round is really a unique situation because you could use both of them, like you were saying, you could use both of them to move up. You could draft one guy, possibly make a deal, so you fall back in the first round a little bit, but would require another asset. Uh, and you can also do things where uh, I was listening to the 31 Thoughts podcast and Sam Costantino was talking about Ryan Merkley, who is a right-hand defenseman who has a ton of offensive upside and is one of the maybe the most dynamic puck-moving defensemen in the draft. But he has, quote-unquote, attitude issues. And it's not a thing like Anthony D'Angelo where he is a uh, kind of a piece of shit. It's just kind of like he just... The coach was like, hey, man, can you work on your defense? And he's like, no, I'm good. So it's that kind of thing. <laughs> that's our pass. <laughs> yeah, like that's like that's the attitude. It's not like, you know, D'Angelo got like suspended for like dropping all these type of like racial and homophobic slurs and everything. And Or he didn't choke his coach. Yeah. But you can go. Carlissimo style. <laughs> if you can look at Anthony D'Angelo's Twitter and you, you can see what he's all about. But. I, I I don't believe it's anything like that with Merkley. I think it's just kind of like approach to all nice stuff. And sometimes he really loses composure. There's a there's a highlight of him out there 
uh, he got slashed against the North Bay Battalion, and then he turned around and swung his stick like a baseball bat at the back of the guy's legs that slashed him. So, hey, you, Steve Downey? Yeah, <laughs> is that you, Ron Hextall? Maybe, maybe Ron, oh, maybe Ron oh, Hextall. He saw that and he's like, "Well, this guy, he's this this guy has fire written all over him." But so, <laughs> so the thing is, is if they take, say, you take the Farabee or Crafts off at fourteen. Uh, the same Constantino was saying that he Merkley probably doesn't go to a team that only has one first round pick because you, you don't want to take you want to want to take a guy that has such a like erat, erratic uh, landing spot in terms of potential. You wouldn't want to take him with only one pick in the first round. Uh, it's probably gonna be somebody in the first round that has two first round picks, and I think he said there are five other teams besides the Flyers, but it's probably gonna be a team that takes somebody else and then takes him. So maybe the Flyers use the second pick on him. And, I mean, if he figures out, you know, maybe if he, I guess, matures, for back a letter term, uh, lack of better terms, he, uh, you get a really offensively explosive dynamic player for nothing at, like, 20, or, I mean, at 19. Or if you trade back at, like, 23, 24. So but, Craig, here's my question. Why don't the Flyers just use both of these picks to trade for Connor, um, David, Connor Daves, Connor McDavid. Yeah. Connor McEwen. Yeah. I don't know why they don't make, why they don't just trade these two players, uh, German roofs off and the rights to Valerie Vasiliev to get Connor McEwen. So it's really confusing. I mean, I he, I'm sure he's valuable, but he can't be two first round picks and a former first round pick valuable. I mean, that's yeah, just crazy. Nobody's that good in the league. I thought, I forget how this came up. I think I was talking to somebody about the Lindros trade. Uh, I was talking, yeah, I was talking to my friend John uh, two weeks ago about the Lindros trade, and about how, like at the time, you know, Lindros, Lindros kind of was the McDavid of that time, where he was this extremely hyped up prospect, and he was the generational player coming out, and how, like, imagine if McDavid had seen that the Oilers had the first pick and was just like, nah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lindros would not have played for Edmonton. <laughs> but like just the idea, because he was just like, well, that's that looked like an insane package. And I was like, yeah, but he, you know, he was just generational talent. I was like, is there a trade? Is there any trade the Flyers would offer McDavid that if the Oilers said yes, you as a Flyers fan would go? No, I don't want to do that. Like, is there anything I feel like I feel like for McDavid, you could trade everybody on the Flyers. And I'd be like, all right. We'll we'll figure out the rest. That, that sounds no. I hundred percent agree. I love every not everybody, but I I love a, a lot of guys in this team. Like Drew, amazing, one of the best flyers of all time. Yes, he is. Uh, Provorov, Ghost. Like, th there's so many freaking guys I I love on this team. But oh yeah, the heartbeat. No, not one guy is too precious enough to not trade for Connor yeah. McDavid. He just um, turned twenty one. He might there. You know, he might end up being maybe the best player ever he's gonna be he's i'd gonna say be he's already the best player in the league right now yeah so like why why would you not <laughs> would you not want that guy at all costs right, on your team? Right. if, if and then, edmonton was crazy enough to somehow trade him so I, I guess the question is like you know let's say the the leafs realize that they're they're not going to be able to re-sign austin matthews for some reason because i think he's got a what two more years on his contract or something he would have 
Uh, he's got one. I think he's able to negotiate this summer. So that, actually, that deal yeah. might be coming up because he signed signed an ELC. It's three years. He first year in the league was 2016-17. Now it's not going to happen, but let's say the Leafs see the writing on the wall. Austin Matthews isn't coming back. There probably are very few flyers I wouldn't trade for Austin Matthews. Also, uh, that is fair. Yeah, I don't know too many. I don't know too many situations where they would offer a deal with Matthews and I would go, no, thank you. Like McDavid, I definitely know. Like I, I've run through literally everybody. I'll just be like, all right, yeah, sure. Get it done. I think Matthews is up there too. You're right. I think. But McDavid is, for instance, like if I talk to a, a, either a casual or like, a, you know, the kind of person who doesn't typically watch hockey and they're like, yeah, they, they, you know, they know the big names. They know Lemieux. They know Gretzky, all that. And I get, I give them a reason to watch today. I'm like, all right, if you're going to check out highlights from a guy, you check out Connor McDavid. That's yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much all it is. Yeah. He, yeah. He's just with the way the game is going and his skill set, they align perfectly. And I, I think whenever the Oilers give him two or three other good players around him, I think they'll be fine. So that's, uh, that's good. Peter Shirelli's got a real hard job of working with Connor McDavid. I mean, he's failed oh, he's so far. He's <laughs> screwing it up spectacularly he's so far. He's up so and far, but... Now they're in the position where they pretty much have to beg teams to take Milan Lucic from them. Oh, my God, yeah. That was... Speaking of, speaking of the Bergevin, Bergevin deals that you just knew were bad off the bat, like that, that Lucic deal was terrible. Not terrible. one person could point to that deal when it happened and said, like, that's a good thing. There were some people that tried for sure. Like, oh, yeah, especially, yeah. especially Oilers fans are like, he's going to protect McDavid and he's going to score goals. It's just a full package. Yeah. Turns out, not really. Oh, man, he had an atrocious year this year. He had like, he only had one goal in like the last 30 games or something. Like, something like, comically I think it was bad. 34 points in all 82 games played. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It's. And he signed for a while. He signed forever. Like, I'm pretty sure until we're off this earth, he signed as an order. McDavid's contract goes into effect this year. So Edmonton went from one of the lowest salary cap teams to a top five salary cap team all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really, they're like they needed to. Like, they should have he should have swung for the fences this year. Like, he should have gone out and made. Some other moves, not uh, not the uh, Everly for Strom deal. Maybe something else besides that. Oh, my God. And uh, it must be a great day to be in the Chiarelli household with Taylor Hall winning the Hart Trophy. <laughs> you know, I, I don't agree with Hall winning the Hart, but to have that effect, you know what? That brings a smile to my face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dumb trade. <laughs> I'm, I'm still furious with Chiarelli for making that deal. And giving the Devils a guy of that caliber for yeah. a mediocre defenseman. Well, Absolutely outrageous. It's just annoying because, like, this summer, this summer he's going to give, uh, he's going to give the Rangers, um, oh, my God, I'm blanking on there, uh, dry sidle. And then the year after that, he's going to give the Penguins uh, Pooley RV. And then he's, and then he's going to get fired. He's just going to load up the Metropolitan. For like the rest of the teams, he's just going to give one amazing player for the Oilers, and then he's going to get everybody but the Flyers. Yeah, so 
Just like Ron's going to ask for Ron's going to call up and be like, hey, uh, what's the price of Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Going to be unreasonably high. <laughs> Caps come calling. Oh, yeah. It's like what a third rounder. Can, yeah. we, can we get Tom Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we'd, we'd have to cost the RNH's contract. But if we could just get our hands on Tom Wilson, that'd be great. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds about right. Uh, real quick, going back to the draft, I wanted to run through uh draft site i use draft site a lot just in terms of uh seeing where they're projecting people to go they usually have write-ups on some guys that are going to be taken deeper in the draft looked at their full seven round mock draft to see who they had the flyers taking and at 14th they had joel Faraby. 19th they had isaac Lund- lundestrom who is a a pick that i know uh some people across your hockey are big fans of he's a Center, he's a forward. He's a center, a left wing. Uh, 15 points in 42 games for Lulia HF in the SHL. Um, and according to a scouting report from Draft in Europe, uh, he's a powerful skater, ability to carry the puck deep, using good puck protection on both sides. And then he's uh, dangerous at putting the pucks in net when they're uh, from low scoring areas. So he is just a guy that. Pretty strong skater and gets to the net, gets the job done. So I, I would be there right with Isaac Lundstrom going at 19th. Um, 50th, they had Vladislav Kotkov, who I actually wrote about in the uh, Let's Know Some Guys articles leading up to the draft, which I'm hoping to have a six volume out on uh, Friday. But looking at Kotkov, I wasn't really a, uh, not a big fan of him, but uh, I guess. 50th overall pick, not really the worst thing in the world. He's a uh, right winger who had 21 goals and 49 points in 61 QMJHL games for the Chikutami Sanguinians. And uh, he has offensive upside, but it just, I don't know. Like, just being a bigger winger who wasn't able to put up points in the QMJHL kind of scares me. If you can't put up serious points in the QMJHL, I mean, I don't, I don't know. If you're and you're considered an offensive forward, offensive minor forward, that really doesn't uh, doesn't really do much for me. Kind of get nervous with that. Um, 112th, they had Wyatt Wiley, which is one hell of a name. He's a right-hand defenseman. 31 points in 72 games for the Everett Silvertips, uh, and he is regarded as a defensive defenseman, uh, and he doesn't have kind of hesitant to take shots uh is always looking to pass the puck in the offensive zone doesn't really jump up in the play but i mean still at 31 points in 72 games but you know not the most so kind of a defensive defenseman wouldn't be too crazy about that um joey keen going 127th overall right-hand defenseman 44 points in 62 games as an alternate captain of the Barry Colts, he's an overager. And Brock Otten, who does a lot of good work over at the OHL writers, um, he considers uh, Joey Keane to be the best redraft option coming out of the OHL for this year's draft. So would I be a fan of that, that draft pick? 143rd overall, they had Simeon Kizimov, who I do not know a single thing about, could not find a single thing about. But he had 18 points in 30 MHL games for Ladia Tagliati, which you can take a stab at that, Steve. See if I pronounced that correctly. I don't know if I did. 
That's a hard pass there, Craig. Yeah, it's a hard pass, yeah. 174th, they say the Flyers are going to take another Everett Silver, Silver Tip and Connor Dewar. Dewar, maybe? I don't know. Uh, left winger, 30. Dewars, Dewars. Dewars. <laughs> 38 goals, 68 points, and 68 games as alternate captain. He's a smaller guy. Uh, plays a physical game, but he can score goals. So if that's who they're taking 174th overall, uh, so be it. I Anytime you add goal scores to this system, the Flyers uh, prospect system, I think I'll, I'll be a big fan of this draft. You know, Greg, uh, first time, long time on the program, but I just got to oh, say God. Flyers need more guys that shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> I'll hang up and listen. Uh, and I just want to take a stab. Actually, I've I've changed my mind. I want to take a stab at a one forty third. Oh no! No, 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 no! I think I got this. I got this. Uh, Semyon Kizimov. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got the name. I was talking about the. Uh, you did, I think you said the name a lot better than I did. Oh, Maria uh, the... Togliadati. Oh, okay. Well, fuck me. Yeah, you got it. La... <laughs> let me try. It. Let me try it in Russian accent. Ladia Togliati. In Soviet Russia. In Soviet Ladia. Russia, Togliati toggles you. Who was that comedian? Wasn't that then all star? Yakov Smirnov. There, okay, there it is. All right. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, that's the right person, Mr. Pop Culture. I knew you were going to do that. Hot damn, Steve. You know, I, always on top of it. That's me. It's uh, Mr. Pop Culture here. <laughs> Ooh, Mr. Pop Culture, Stephen Jacobs. My bow tie is spinning around right now. Uh, <laughs> Top hat flying off. Uh, just, just looking at the names assembled here, uh, my fi- my favorite of the bunch is uh, Wyatt Wiley. Wyatt Wiley is a he made Jason Polinski's uh, best names of the NHL draft, and it's definitely a name. I actually wrote about one of another name that was on uh, Jason's list, and might be my one of my favorites in, in the draft is uh, Blade Jenkins. Blade top... Jenkins. Yeah, it's a Blade Jenkins. <laughs> also, you need to think about Blade Jenkins. He's from Mississippi, so if he were to be drafted and make the NHL one day, he'd be the first Mississippi-born player to make the NHL. Uh, I don't think they've even had anybody make the AHL, actually. So it'd be kind of cool if he did that with the... I, I, I wouldn't mind Blade Jenkins. I like him. I do not... Not a big fan of who they... There's two more picks here. So Tyler Tucker goes 190th. Not the biggest fan of him either. I wrote about him also, but... 23 points in 59 games for the Barry Colts. Stay-at-home defenseman who, throughout his career, regardless of the level of hockey, level of competition, never put up points. And I I mean... I know he's a defenseman, but at the same time, those guys usually... Stay-at-home defenseman usually goes along with... Uh, being a little bit slower, more physical, and I feel like that's not the way the game's going. I don't, I don't really want to add that to the system. Although the Flyers did just sign David, or the Phantoms just signed David Drake, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong there. But um, and then 205th Liam Kendry, who had eight goals and 27 points in 50 games for the Colorado Rockets this year. So those are the nine guys they have going to the Flyers, and uh, some of them I like, some of them I don't. But Isaac Lundstrom. Uh, who they had to go nineteenth as a guy too that I, I wouldn't hate being drafted by the Flyers. So really, really the only big name I think would be Noel is the only one I can think of that I wouldn't be too crazy about right now. Wild I think would be fine at like I, I wouldn't hate it at nineteen I guess, but I would need 
I would need Fairby or Kravtsov or perhaps another trade of value where you moved up and you got a bigger name as well. But I'm kind of hoping that they come away with one forward in the first round, and I hope the one forward uh, biggest uh, takeaway is they're able to score a ton of goals. Because that's, you know, you never want to just draft based on pros- uh, prospect pool needs, but at the same time, Flyers need some guys that shoot the fucking puck. <laughs> like they really, they, spend, they have a ton of guys that, um, you know, we always talk about, uh, I guess, like the focus being on drafting centers and people complaining about having too many centers and how you have centers, you're able to move in the wings, so it's really not that big of a deal. But at the same time, usually centers tend to be more pass-first type players and the wingers, you know, think. Well, of- <laughs> the other thing is the Flyers tend to draft more playmaker types. Right, yeah. So they seem to always take playmaking center. So they probably need to start taking some, like, guys like Kravtsov or Kapari who are seem to be shoot first wingers that are just focused on scoring goals and which is why I put the pitch out there to get Jeff Skinner on our last episode and why I also would not mind some type of trade for Pacioretty which I mean talking about moving Simmons uh, I mean you give me a trade with Simmons to the Canadians for Pacioretty some kind of package to, you know, go on, uh, go on the Montreal there. I, I wouldn't be against it. They put him on the top line, the top line. Is yeah. Recruit. I'm in for that, but Simmons doesn't speak uh, French. So do er, the Canadians love him. They're like he's been rumored to go. He's been rumored to go to Montreal for the last five years. I think I feel like I've seen at least one fake Simmons, to Canadians rumor a year now. Uh, like they, they love him up there. I don't. I'm. I'm not sure. I mean, I know why, but I'm not sure why he gets so much love from there as opposed to other Canadian markets that should love him just as much. Like, uh, I mean, I think he's from. Oh God, where's he from? Is he from the Toronto area? Or is he from? Let's look it up. That's why God gave us the internet to look at where exactly, exactly. Where Wayne Simmons came from. So. Got it out. Because I was going to say they should. Uh, I feel like there should be a lot more love from uh, the Maple Leafs fan base to try to get him. Because he kind of is a guy they need, like a net from presence guy. Um, Scarborough, Ontario. So maybe... uh, It's a shame I don't know anything about Canadian geography. I know Toronto's in Ontario, right? I think. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Look, uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't know much. Scarborough, Toronto, Ontario. So yes, he's yeah, he's a good old Toronto boy. Oh, he played for the Toronto Aces. Okay, yeah. So he's from yeah, he's from Toronto. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, surprised. Like a lot of the rumors aren't about the Leafs going after Wayne Simmons. I don't know why it's always it always tends to be the Canadians though in these rumors. But I mean, I will. Uh, it, it, the Simmons trade is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. If it, if it happens again, it's a certainly not a guarantee. No, no. And look, I'm not gonna be very sad if they don't trade Simmons uh, at the draft because he's Wayne Simmons. If the Flyers go through the season with Wayne Simmons and he's back to the old Wayne Simmons, I'm not gonna be a sad person. Yeah, uh, you can always trade him at the t- trade deadline. Also, 
it's not a guarantee that he's going to have to sign for like a ton of money. Uh, right. It's likely, it's likely, but it's not a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, if he, for some reason decides to take a discount for the team and, you know, the Flyers are able to save a ton of money, that's fine. But, you know, if you're Wayne Simmons, I fully expect you to want to get paid. So, well, especially because this is really his one chance at a big contract. Right. Yeah. Cause he, he didn't sign for too much his first time around with the Flyers and signed for a lot more for term. And uh, I really want to, and he's done a lot for them. I mean, he's scored a lot of goals for the Flyers and not really, uh, not really the easy and pretty type of goal either. Usually getting whacked with sticks and doing work down low to get these goals. So I would not be mad at him if he wants money. Uh, so, but if he ends up taking a discount after having a monster season this year, then by all means, I want to keep him. I'm just worried that he is deservedly so going to want a big pay raise. Uh, in which case, I I hope the Flyers don't pay it. That's my stance. Uh, so do you? Okay, so Steve, looking at it, do you want the Flyers to make the two picks, or do you hope they move one of them to get to get a player to get a roster player? I guess. So back to get a roster player. I'm kind of leaning towards one pick made one to get a roster player. I don't know who that roster player is. Yeah. I certainly would not be opposed to Max Pacioretty. Yeah. Uh, I saw some rumors yesterday on Artemi uh, Panarin. Which oh is my very God. Interesting. Yeah. If he, I'm not sure the blue jackets want to trade in division. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the same and time, now. they don't want to trade him. Uh, in the first place, but yeah. it, what was the deal? He came out and he said that he wouldn't negotiate a contract during the regular season, basically. At this time, he doesn't want to talk about a contract extension with the Blue Jackets. So not not just like talk about during the regular season. Like I thought, I believe it was. He just doesn't want to talk about the contract extension with the Blue Jackets right now, which doesn't really build well if they're in the same spot a year from now. <laughs> And he's uh, closer to free agency. So I think they would want to trade him and get something for him rather than let him go for nothing. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to trade in division, but at the same time, you know he's going to walk for nothing. I guess trying to get something for him, right? I just can't believe he's... Like, I when he was in Chicago, I thought he was... I thought he was good. I thought it was tough to trade for him just because he had played his entire NHL career next to Patrick Kane. So you kind of wondered how much he was getting assisted by Patrick Kane and how much was just him doing the legwork. And turned out he was doing a lot of the legwork there. And it's kind of funny now that he's proven himself in Columbus that he might get traded again. Uh, I mean, he would be, I would love him on the flyers. I know he's a little bit older. He's 27 and he, you know, fresh off his rookie of the year campaign just two years ago. Uh, but 27. <laughs> uh, but he is a guy, yeah, that off uh, dynamic offensive presence would love to have him on the top line or in the top six, probably top line. Uh, and I mean, if it took just a pick and maybe something else, I, I would definitely do it. I feel like it would take a lot more than that, though. And I don't know if they would be. Too crazy about Simmons. The Blue Jackets are the Yarmo Kikalan is kind of on top of uh, analytics and everything, so I don't think he would be 
too gung ho about Panarin for Simmons, or Simmons and Panarin being the two key pieces in that trade. Uh, I think it would have to be probably picks on something else. Uh, but like mm-hmm. Pacioretty and Skinner. Pacioretty and Skinner are the two guys that are sticking out the May. Uh, yeah, uh, and I think Skinner would be a great move. I, I would totally be on board with Skinner. Yeah, I think the thing was... I, I, why am I saying that? Like, I be, would not be on board with Pacioretty. I think either way, you're good. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing... The only thing that scares me a little bit about Skinner is the fact he's got one year left, and if he does go nuts, it's probably not going to help the Flyers to win a cup. It will probably, I mean, they will probably help them maybe win a playoff round or two, but it wouldn't be putting them over the top to win the cup, and then you'd have to pay him after this next season. I think that would be the only thing, but... He's a guy that shoots the puck. He's fast. He's elusive. Uh, kind of fits a lot of the needs that the Flyers have on the team right now. Like if you put him on on one of those top two, if you put him with Giroux and Couturier or Limbaum and Patrick, I think the team instantly gets a lot better. Uh, and same with Pat. Same could be said about Patrick. Both guys just just shoot a ton. Because I mean. One of the eye test things this year was just this team passed on a lot of odd man rushes for no reason. <laughs> like, just watching. There are just times they just overpassed, and they even did in the playoffs a little bit. But it, it got to a point where I, like, somebody just has to shoot the puck at, at times. And sometimes, I mean, I've, sometimes it's better to be uh, uh, aggressive with shooting. Than just focus on passing all the time, I guess. And the Flyers have plenty of guys that are, like you said, like playmakers who are pass first type guys. So I think t- now is the time to kind of add guys who focus more on shooting, which would be Skinner, Patrick, Kessel. Can you imagine if the Flyers trade for Phil Kessel? I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I like, literally I cannot either. imagine this. Well, the, the Flyers like never do trades with the uh, the Penguins. I think they. They don't do trades with the Penguins. I can't see Phil as a desirable player for Hextall. Oh, man. And just imagining the fan reaction to a trade like that is just. You think people will be upset? I can see a portion of this fan base just hating him. Uh, Yeah. No, yeah, he would definitely fall into the lazy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, see Carter, comma Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and he does. Kessel does kind of have like that skating stride where it doesn't look like he's really trying out there, like Jeff Carter has. Even though Jeff Carter will fly by people, so yeah, it's uh Oh yeah, it's uh that is true. That's a good point. Yeah, but like Jeff Carter didn't do anything in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Just uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't really do too much here anyway. Man. Yeah, that is true. God, I just want to see Kessel trade. I want to see Kessel trade from the Penguins because I don't think people realize how big of a blow that would be. Like he's that would be amazing. I would love, especially yeah. I would love to see Rutherford get completely ripped off. Yeah. Well, the thing, like he, I mean, he put up ninety two points, so obviously it would be a big blow. But also, just team, you know, they were good at five on five, but they weren't cup worthy teams, I guess, when they won. They like when they won 2017. They really weren't that amazing at five on five. They were in 2016, but like 2017, they made it because Florida played great and they 
their power play went nuts. And Kessel's a big part of the power play because when you have Malkin, Crosby, and Kessel out there, like, what are you going to do? Take away Kessel, you still have Crosby and Malkin, but power play is, you know, obviously a lot less potent. And uh, that power play doesn't click as much. I don't know. Although Kessel's 5-5 five five numbers do kind of suck. So maybe that's why uh, maybe they would benefit from a better player at 5-5. Five five. I kind of hope he does. I want to see him trade it to Arizona. Just to see him score like 100 points and nobody cares because he's out just relaxing in the desert. <laughs> nobody wants bring to talk him about home. him. Yeah. yeah, bring him home. Come on home to Arizona. Bring him home. Cool. Speaking, of, speaking of that, I guess we should talk about John Tavares real quick. It sounds like... Uh, Sounds like the Flyers are definitely not going to be going after Tavares or Carlson from uh, Hextall's quotes about signing long-term, signing players long-term, uh, I guess. It's looking more for uh, short-term fixes, so maybe not a big-ass deal. So that kind of, kind of takes John Tavares and John Carlson off the table, but as we were saying earlier kind of hard to gauge anything with Hextall because uh, nobody really knows what's going on in his head. I mean, he does he's done a lot of stuff nobody's expected, and he nobody's able to get leaks out of him. So uh, maybe uh, maybe they're still in the hunt for my guy. Maybe they're going to get Tavares, but sounds very unlikely. They're already out of the, the Kovalchuk sweepstakes. Them and the Devils are the only two teams who are not in on Kovalchuk, apparently. <laughs> so and the devil's oh, boy. How do you think Kovalchuk will be in his return? How do I think Kovalchuk will be in his return? Hmm. Gotta... I mean, my I initially would think very Yager like, but you never know. Yeah, it's I, really well, it's kind of a crapshoot. I was gonna say I, um, like he had, I think he had a couple of seasons where he didn't even score 20 goals in the KHL after he left the NHL. He had a couple this season in a monster year and last season in a monster year. But, uh, I mean, and Yager too. Yager was never the quickest guy. He always used his kind of like strength and puck possession to be better than everybody. And Kovalchuk is a lot about uh, his shooting, which is I, I don't think is going to go anywhere, but also just speed, like just flying by people. So if he's gotten older, he's been playing the KHL with uh, that, you know, lackadaisical defense. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's really going to translate to too much success over here at a much older age. I don't know. Because he's like 36. He's getting up there now. I don't think he's going to be able to change his game to Yager where he's just able to kind of hold the puck away from everybody and use body positioning. I think he's going to still rely on the speed and I don't think it's going to be as, I don't think it's going to be as pretty as it was before he left. That's just a good point. That's just my opinion, but that's just my opinion on this podcast. That's just my two cents. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, I mean, we have anything else on the draft here. That's, that's all I got. Uh, I I just wanted to quickly mention uh, the broad street hockey Draft party. Happening, oh yeah, yes, yes. Also, I had another. Friday night. I had another draft thing. We'll do that after we do the. Uh, you do the, son of a bitch. Yeah, you go ahead. Do, do the do the pitch here. Do the. Uh... The pitch. <laughs> I just wanted to mention it. I just wanted to mention the Broad Street Hockey uh, draft party happening at Tavern on Broad on Friday. Starts at seven. Correct, Craig. I believe so. I mean, I think I'm going to get there 
before that because the draft is starting at draft is starting at seven, I think. Not sure though. We'll figure it out. Uh we'll figure it out. Anyway. Yeah. Uh so just say Broad Street Hockey at the door and you'll get your wristband and uh I believe it's half price drinks and apps. So yeah. Everything it's a pretty sweet deal. Uh shots. Yeah, and Red Bull, I think, was the other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Red Bull. Yes. No Red Bull. Yeah, so no Red Bull Vodkas or, or Vodka Red Bull. Sorry. Yeah. Got to get that heart pump in to get those uh, draft, those exciting <laughs> draft picks you've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you uh, if you want to really do some damage, but you can't have the Red Bull, just uh, make sure to bring your, oh, you, bring your own. You sons of bitches out. better be getting Faraby here. Faraby, yeah. <laughs> get your... <laughs> Vitaly fucking crafts off. Just flipping tables. <laughs> Punching <laughs> holes in walls. <laughs> Lunderstrom. <laughs> Smashing glasses. But uh, yeah, I, w- both of us intend to be there. So that should be fun. Correct, yeah. I, I think and, a lot uh, of people, I think a lot of Broad Street Hockey people are going. So uh, if, Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm putting this out there for uh, the first listener and this excludes oh, Broad hey. Street Hockey people. If you write for Broad Street Hockey or podcast or whatever, this does not include you. But the first listener who finds me and uh, says the phrase, I scored an eagle at the Trent Clatt Invitational, I will buy a drink for you. Uh, the first person, the first listener, okay? Uh, I scored an eagle at the Trent Clatt Invitational. And that uh, is, of course, one of the specials because... This podcast ain't paying me that much. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Let's not oh, talk about oh. that here. <laughs> oh, oh. Also, oh, uh, oh. by the way, Trent Clatt Invitational is coming up soon because the 120th, I think, was the last July. Yeah, yeah. So the 121st is coming up. Uh, be sure to register. The All proceeds are going to the Human Fund. And <laughs> uh, jo- uh, Jody Shelley will be there. Uh, Eric Wellwood, Andreas Nodal. Uh, Sean Podine's going to be emceeing the Sean event. Sean Podine will be there. Uh, Martin Hull, um, Mike York, all the big names, they'll be there. All the big Just, ones. Uh, Everybody's. Neil Little. Neil Little, of course, Neil Little will be there. I, I didn't think I needed to mention that, but I'll mention that. Neil Little. Vlad- you know, Vladimir Malikov will be there. Uh, all the big names. Be front and don't forget, don't forget the guest of honor, Mike Maniluk. Mike Manilock, of course. That's uh, Steve's best friend, Mike Manilock. <laughs> My best friend. We go golfing every weekend in preparation for the Clatt Invitational. However, Clatt will not be there. We need to make this clear. Everybody expects Trent Clatt to be there. He refuses to be associated with this event. This is in honor of Trent Clatt. So, RIPD to Trent Clatt, who is still living, but we're going to pretend like he is. He has passed and that this Invitational is in honor of him. I was going to say, by the way, we could definitely get Mike Manilock on the show. And I think we should, just so you could fanboy over him and his great 1999 Calder Cup run or whatever. <laughs> hey, Mike, you, you played with Leclerc and Lindros once. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, Mike, you remember that goal from the second round of the 1999 Calder Cup playoffs? Yeah, I was there. It was pretty sweet. All right. I got to go. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> We actually know what we should probably get Trent Clad on for the Trent Clad Invitational. But he refuses. 
he has refused every chance to be involved with this. I have offered it to him time and time again. He he has said, not a chance in hell, Steve. Now get off of my damn lawn. Steve, please, this bedroom is for me and my wife. Please get out of here. I don't know how you got in here. Please, Steve, please. why are you in my trash cans? <laughs> there is nothing of value in there. I'm doing the Tom Wilson, Steve yells. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, the other the other draft thing I wanted to touch on that didn't have anything to do with this draft, but Craig Custance has a podcast for The Athletic, and they had Corey Promen on to talk about, you know, uh, covering drafts and looking at draft eligible players and everything. And I believe the question was, are there players that are drafted that you have never heard of? Like asking Corey Promen. And he said over the years, it's gotten less and less. And there are teams that will just take guys that aren't on central scouting services because they're like their guys. So they're going to take them no matter what, regardless of how they've been graded throughout the year and everything. And he was talking about how it hasn't happened over the last couple of years, but I, he said the last time it's happened uh, where they just kind of reach for a guy that you don't have any clue on was uh, Tyrell Goldborn. Because <laughs> he said he, whenever he watches uh, like the OHL or the WHL and he sees the guy that he's just like, oh, there's no way he's getting fucking drafted. He just doesn't take notes on him. And when he watched Tyrell Goldborn, he was a face puncher in the junior, like junior hockey. So he was like, well, nobody's going to take him. So when the Flyers took over, he was just My like, God, that's Paul Holmgren's music. <laughs> yeah, so just, uh, you know, just uh, you know, get you in the draft spirit for uh, just remembering Tyrell Goldborn and how they could have had a, a, a slew of players in that region who are benefiting other teams, such as uh, Anthony DeClaire, Pavel Pushnevich, uh, guys like that, Sven Androgetto, John Hayden. Oh, my God, who else won in that draft time? Well, regardless, just try and remember the good times when Tyrell Goldborn had that, you know, three or four games of energy provided was, this past season. I was about, I want to say, 15 rows from the ice in that corner when he rocked Alex Petrangelo and set up Scott Lawton. I was there for Tyrell Goldborn's best moment in his NHL career, and I'm pretty. I think it's safe to say the best moment he's ever going to have in the NHL. And I'll tell you what, Steve. I was energized. I was feeling it. I was vibing. I was like, fuck yeah, Tyrell. This is why you're here. This is why Paul Holmgren went way out of his way to take you and call you Zach Ronaldo 2.0 for this play in a regular season game against the Blues in January. Right here, right now. Just think of the energy. Just energy, yeah. Just left and right. They could have just shut down all the lights and the energy you provided would have lit the entire rink and the fans would have cheered and lost their shit. Do you think he's going to play any games for the Flyers this year? I want to say Harold Goldborn. I hope, I hope not. not. Yeah, I hope not. I would like to see more Danik Martell. Maybe perhaps he's got the best name on the, uh, on the team. Danik Martell. I like Danik Martell's name. I do like Danik Martell. Yeah. Danik Mart- Mostly because it sounds very Game of Thronesy to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, Danik of House Martel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of I see that. Uh, Martel, maybe some Nicholas Abe Cabell, maybe some Vorobiev, uh, maybe some Phil Myers. Oh, I would love some Phil Myers. Yeah. But definitely not Sam Moran because he's going to be hurt for the next 12 decades. Yeah, poor guy's going to be out for the next five years, yeah. It really sucks. 
the uh, next two centuries. <laughs> uh, I'm going to touch on some around the league stuff real quick. Uh, I do want to mention two more tidbits I had on the Caps winning. Which shout out to uh, my friend Mike, who's pretty pumped about it. Another reason why I was happy they won, because he was pretty pumped about it. Um, Capitals were the first team since I think the '99 or 1991 Penguins, I believe is what the broadcast said, to uh, complete a comeback in each series on a way to winning the cup. So they were down two nothing to the Blue Jackets, two one to the Pens. Oh no, they were down one nothing to the Pens. Uh, 3-2 to the Lightning, and then one nothing to the Golden Knights. And they came back in each series, which is, I mean, pretty impressive when you look at it. And then also Lars Eller was the first Danish player to win the Cup. Now to the around the league, um, Daryl Sutter retired as a head coach. Uh, won two Cups. And we'll see. The- I, I believe that's right. Uh, we'll Old smush face. Was he, good old melted candle face. Was he the head coach <laughs> of the Calgary Flames too back in two thousand four? Let's find out. I think he was. So I think he went to a third. I think he was. But I'm not sure. You look that up, please. Uh, and then um, Oliver Ekman Larson has a deal in place to sign with the Coyotes, so it doesn't look like he's going to hit free agency. Yes, Calgary o three o four. Yeah. And they had that phantom goal where they could have won the game, and then the Lightning ended up winning. It was the whole thing. Uh, Dan Bosma joined the Detroit Red Wings as an assistant coach. So expect Dan Bosma to be a head coach in about four months. Uh, they're gonna. The, I mean, Jeff Vlasil <laughs> is probably not going to be there for too too much longer. Can't I can't imagine he will be. No. I think that's another reason why uh, Barry Trotz may not really like that. Like. It looks like the Red Wings are going to go with Dan Bosma, and I can't really think of another option than where they another team in the league that is on the verge of firing their head coach. I mean, whatever happened with the whole Joel Quenville thing? Chicago was just like, yeah, it's fine. Oh uh, yeah, I guess everybody was just pissed they were missing the playoffs, and they were like, oh, I guess he won cups. <laughs> oh, I guess he's all right, maybe. maybe I guess he's the best or, coach in franchise history. Yeah, I guess we'll give it to him. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Because, I mean, that would be a team that you could probably go to and uh, make something out of it. You know, I got, I mean, they have three of the best 100 players ever. You'd think they'd make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Is, Haas is retired, though, right? What's that? Wait, Marion Haas wasn't on that list, right? Yeah, Haas wasn't on that list. But he, he did he retire? Because of his no, jersey allergy? He uh, he can't retire yet. Uh, mainly. Oh, so he's he's prong of retired. Okay, I got you. Yeah. They, he wants to start, sign the retirement forms, but uh, they just put... Uh, the Blackhawks keep putting a jersey on top of the paper, so each time he reaches for the papers, he sneezes? Or I, I don't know what his whole thing is. I don't get, like, what... I don't know how what he had going on became a problem after last season and how it isn't suspiciously capped circumvention. Or like how the league, how the league wasn't the like, NHL. Yeah, how the league wasn't like, oh yeah, he won three cups with you, and then he got sick. No, it's it's all good. There's nothing going, nothing fishy here. You guys got it. This is legitimate. Uh, Ryan Klo was named the head coach of the New Finland Growlers, who is the new ECHL team that will be an affiliate for the Maple Leafs. PA Parento retire. R P D P A Parento. 
Uh, Dave Tibbet joined the Seattle group that is in charge of. Uh... That name, by the way, is Pa Parento. You're, you're pronouncing. Oh, it. my it's bad. Pop, like he's a Papa. Papa Parento. <laughs> Papa Parento. Yes. Uh, Papa, Papa Parento. <laughs> Uh, and then Dave Tibbet joins the Seattle group that is working towards bringing the NHL to Seattle. Uh, so I guess he, I guess it sounds like he'll be the first head coach in Seattle history. Will be my guess. Uh, which speaking of Gerard Gallant won the head coach of the year at the uh, NHL Awards tonight. We we could run through that. Real shocker. Show, yeah. Real shocker. Because yeah. uh, was it uh, yeah. George McPhee won GM of the year award too? Uh, Derek Anglin won like the Mark Messier Cool Guy Leadership Award or whatever that is. Uh, Victor Hedman won Norris. Taylor Hall won Hart. Uh, Pekka Renee won Vesna too, I believe. Which is, uh, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, the best goalie in the league definitely showed up in the postseason too in game seven when his team needed it. So thank God that's a regular season award for him. Uh, and then the actually speaking of the Predators, uh, add Austin Watson to the list of uh, pieces of shit in the league because he got charged with domestic violence this weekend. For I think, oh boy, pushing his girlfriend uh, when they were drunk and in an argument. So that's uh, yeah, Austin Watson, uh, good guy, good guy. So that's uh, it's around the league, Stephen. Uh, before we go, by the end of this weekend, the Flyers enter the draft with nine picks. Do you think they have more or less picks at the end of the draft? Do you think they make nine selections, or do you think they make less than nine or more than nine? I'd like them to make less than nine, but I think they, I think they make nine selections. I there's a chance they could make more, or maybe slightly less, because I could also see them maybe, I don't know. Uh, Hexy does like to shift around in the draft a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he does. And he likes to do things where if he ends up making a trade of a roster player and gets another pick or two for this year's draft, he'll move like a later round pick to 2019. Like he just wants to have more than seven picks in each draft. Like the uh, last year he made the seventh round pick swap with uh, the Canadians. Because he had two sevens last year, so he moved one of the sevens to this year, so he'd have nine picks this year. I'm gonna say more. I have a feeling. I have a feeling he might trade somebody or trade a, like drop back on the draft and get to, like drop back and make a trade for a fourth for two fourths or something down like that. I'm gonna say he gets more. I'm gonna say he has ten picks this this draft. Um, and then, do you think? Do you think Simmons is a flyer at the end of the weekend? Hmm, this is a tough one. I'm really going to go ahead one. and say <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm going to I'll be a little bit surprised if they trade him, but not entirely. But I'm going to say yes. I think he is a flyer at the end of the weekend. What do you say? I say I think so too. I, I think I think Hexall likes Simmons a lot. I think Hexall is leaning more towards giving. Simmons one more year to try and write the ship, I guess. Although he not really write the ship, but kind of get his, you know, like prove that he's a third goal scorer again, stay healthy and everything, and get his role back on the top power play unit. Maybe have the ship move a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, and I don't, th- I think they would 
Hexo will need like a trade that kind of wowed him, and I don't know if you're going to get that type of trade for what Simmons is at the second, being coming off every injury known to man and not scoring 25 goals last season. So I'm going to say I'm going to say he remains a flyer through the weekend as well. And then that's uh, those are only two questions I got for you. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. If uh, you have any feedback for the old show, the best place to reach us is on Twitter. Craig, is it sports are bad? Mm-hmm. They can't really complain at the second, I guess. Everything seems fine. Something it's bad will happen right now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we did. We forgot to mention, too, the Flyers are opening the season against Vegas. In Vegas or here? In Vegas, they're opening the season, and then their season opener is five days later where they host the Sharks. They probably have some West Coast type of deal going on. So, yeah, start the season on the West Coast again. Uh, apparently, it's at 10 p.m. start on Thursday. Oh, boy. Uh, I can't think of a yeah. better way. Everybody loves them. Yeah. What have we done to deserve this? This is terrible. I don't know. The, the, the Flyers have been mediocre, I think, is what the NHL is saying here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so play better. You'll have the better opening schedule. I got it. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the full schedule, by the way, I mean, the opening, that news really doesn't matter because apparently the full schedule is coming out today when people listen. So, who, Well, we're not going to analyze everything. On no, that, not. It's not the NFL schedule that you we, can analyze we'll in two do, minutes. We'll, we'll do that. We'll go through, 80, we'll go through the Yeah, let's go through games 82 go. games right now. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll do uh, it. Win, win or loss predictions for each one. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. Um yeah, Craig's sports are bad. You can reach me at Flyperbole or Estebaum. Uh Be sure to follow Broad Street Hockey Radio and Broad Street Hockey as well on the old Twitter. And uh, like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. That would be real swell. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't. All those hockey guys, these are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.